Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Bava Kama Daf Yudches. We are starting about 15 lines or so from the bottom of Yud Zayin and Bezin in the middle of the thick lines, about eight lines into the thick lines at the two dots. Today we're going to be discussing some sugyas about Tsuroros. Um, as we know, there's a din of Tsuroros where a person uh, has an animal. The animal steps on a rock. The rock kicks up and then damages something. We learned yesterday at the conclusion of yesterday's Gemara that Chatsi Nezek Tsuroros is a halacha lemosh misinai. It's not a regular drasha. It's not a pasuk and chumash. Uh, you can't find it in the psukim if you look. Uh, it is a halacha lemosh misinai. And we'll get back to that shortly. But first, we have to uh, navigate a couple of other small sugyas. Halacha lemosh misinai. You can't use a regular rule. You, your question is a fine question when it's not halacha l'mosh misinai, but it's not a good. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't apply those kinds of principles to halacha l'mosh They're not uh, they're not log- they're not logical in that classical kind of way. So let's get started. Fifteen lines from the bottom. Zayin mitbeis. The Gemara says, "Omar Rava, kol shebezav tamei." Yeah, Listen to this. Anything that is with a zav is going to be tamei. Namely, let's say that a zav or a zava sits on a mattress, the mattress becomes tummy. It's called Tumas Medris. So in the same way, this is a an odd link, but in the same way that a Zav sits on a mattress and makes it tummy, then Ezekin, if the same exact damage was done, if I sit on a board and it breaks, the Shalem Nezik Shalem. Gemara's comparison. It doesn't bother, the Gemara says, to explain why we're linking up Zav to the world of Nizikin. There is something to be learned from it, of course, as we'll soon see, but it's not clear from the outset. And Kol Shibizav, Tahor, anything that by a Zav would be Tahor. And this, the Rishonim explain is an example of someone who throws something. Take a look at Rashi. Two Rashis in a row, 50, uh, 25 lines from the bottom, Shabizav Tame, Mashma Nagiyamamish, you're actually touching the mattress, whatever it may be. Shabizav Tarkigon Shazorak Khefetz Al Adam Havetar. If a Zav or a Zava throws something and it lands on another person, the din is at their Tahor. So the Gemara says over here, Kol Shabizav Tahor, if I were to throw something to a Zav, uh, if the Zav would throw something to a person who's pure, they'd be Tahor. Benazikin, if damage is caused through throwing, then Mishalim Chati Nesek. So Rava gives shear in Bavel, and everyone's like, what? What 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 just happened? Why did we just mix two very complicated sugas with one another? Each of them are hard. We don't need to put them together. <laughs> so there's someone raised their hand and said, You're coming to teach me your chiddush is the case of Kolshib Azav Tahor, that by Azav, if you throw something, you're not going to be tar. So too, if you throw something, it's Khatinezik. We know that already. That's Chatinezek Tzorov. So what are you coming to teach me? It says Gemara, look, that's not what Rava is coming to teach us. Rava, Agala Mosheches Bikaron Kamash Malam. Rava is coming to teach us of a case of an Agala that's being pulled uh, by an animal. So you have a, a chariot. It's being pulled by an animal. And the Gemara over here wants to teach us that this is the case. What does this mean? Well, we'll see in a minute in the in the in the raya. Tanya Kavase the Rabbah, there's a brisa that supports the sheet of Rabbah. This we've seen numerous times already. That a behema is muad, meaning there's no time that we treat him as docile. He's always like this. <laughs> that while an animal is walking, it can break things. Kate said, what's an example of this? Let's say that a behema, my behema, walks into your private property. 
and my animal damages your property, begufa, either with its body, just by walking, or with the hair of my animal in your yard, or because of the saddle, or packages that are on the, on the animal, or that bar that's in its mouth that's used as part of the rain, any adornments that are on it, a bell, whatever the case may be, or if my donkey's walking in your property with laden with packages, and then this case as well, the Egla Mosheches Bekeren, all of these cases are Mishalem Nezek Shalem. That was the Chiddush of Rava. The Chiddush of Rava was to say that just like if you're you're just sitting inside the thing and the animal's pulling you, but if the animal's pulling you and that which it's pulling causes damages, that's still Nezek Shalim. That's why Rava went to the world of Zav. He went there because simply sitting causes a problem. And if you're being pulled, if you're being pulling this chariot, so the cow is pulling a chariot, the chariot is going over someone's property, that's Nezek Shalim, it's considered Mu'ad, out of the gates. So therefore Rava really didn't need to go to the world of Zab. I guess he could have just said what he wanted to say, but he did make uh, some type of equivalence between the two worlds. And that brings us to the Tan Rabbanan, about eight or nine lines from the bottom of the page. Hmm. Tan Rabbanan. Tan Golem. You got chickens. They're poking with their beaks at a rope. Bechevel Dli. Um, the rope is holding up a bucket. And because of all of its poking of the rope, so obviously, of course, the story is going to go this way. This is like Roadrunner, Amol, Marmakom. So the Gemara says that the, the pitcher falls and breaks. What's the din? What does that teach us? That it's Urche. That's a normal thing for a chicken to do. Boy, Rava. Rava asks on this and says, Darsa al kli Let's say that an animal jumps on the kli and doesn't break it. And then when he jumps on this kli, he hits it in just the right spot that it doesn't break, but fires off into the next yard and breaks something. Mahu. Do we say basar me'ikara azlin? And we follow the initial action, vigufehu. And the initial action is not even tsroros, it's just gufe. It's exactly what he did. Odilma basar. Do we call it regular nezek, which is, he'd be muad for that, because we know that to walk, for an animal to walk, a behemoth that's holeches is going to be nezek shalim. Or do we say no, that if you step on it and it kicks up and then causes damage or breaks like that, what is that breakage like? Is that breakage nezek shalim, it's orche, or no, is it chati nezek tsroros? Says the Gemara, tifshot lehmi deraba. We actually could infer an answer from a case of Raba to Amar Raba. Raba taught us the following: Zarak klime roshagag. Let's say that I am standing on the roof and I take a pitcher and I throw it off the roof. Uva acher v'shavro b'makel. And some guy is standing on the ground. He watches you doing this. He's like perfect batting practice. He takes his bat. As the pitcher is falling, he times the swing perfectly and he shatters the pitcher into a thousand pieces. Who's held accountable? Is it the guy who dropped the pitcher from the top or the guy who actively broke the pitcher by swinging a bat at the pitcher before it hit the ground? On the one hand, it was goofy. I let it go. Inevitably, it will break. Um, at the same time, Lemaisa, I'm not the one who broke it. The guy standing at the bottom broke it. This was Rabba's question. So the Gemara says, have to be one or another. someone has to be chayef. Someone has to, be, has to be 
but it's, it's not it's not two people it's not two people who broke it one person broke it i could argue that either person broke it it could be that the second i go like this it's halakhically broken right because of gravity it also could be that no we view every moment in time separately 60 frames per second in the first 59 frames nothing happened in the 60th frame you see a bat come across and shatter it into pieces the Gemara doesn't even entertain shutfis, as we'll see in a moment. The Gemara doesn't even entertain that. It's not viewed as a shutfis. Rabba's question wants to know, who do we follow? Do we follow uh, Do we follow the person who's klime rosh hagag, or do we follow ba'achar v'shavra b'makel? So halacha l'maysa, the person who swings the bat is potter. Why? Look at this line. De'amrinan le, mona tvira tovar. You broke a broken kli, namely... The second I let go at the top, halachically, that kli is that kli is in 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 shattered pieces. Done. So lemaisa, what do we say? It's basar gufe azlina. So what was our question before? We said if an animal tramples on something and that kli doesn't break, but it kicks out and then breaks something else, we were asking, is that sroros or gufe? We can infer from Rabba that it's gufe, no different than when the guy drops the kli from the top. It's instantly considered shattered even if someone else actually does the shattering, because obviously gravity has, it works. So the second you let go, you know, let's, let's make the case more severe. If a person is thrown off of a building, but somebody shoots him on the way down, who's guilty? This Kamara would say, the guy threw him off the building. Manatvira Tavar. You, you shot someone who was dead. Again, you have to know he's going to die. But yeah, Lemaisa, whatever, I'm, I'm creating a scenario. Pretty bad scenario to create, but it's nevertheless, halachically, it would be equivalent to this particular case. So therefore, perhaps we have an answer to our question. The Gemara says, le Rabba, <laughs> Okay, Rabba, Rabba agreed to that case, that Manatvira Tavar, that the guy who swung at the at the pitcher on the way down, he was late to the party. That thing was halachically broken the second it was let go. But that's only a question according to Rabba, but le Rabba it's still a question according to him. So we still need to find an answer to our question. If an animal uh, tramples on a kli and it doesn't break and it kicks out and then it causes damage, is it chazi nezik tsuroros or is it nezik shalim? So a couple of answers to try and figure out Rava. Toshma. We've seen this Gemara before. Hidus eno muad. A dancing chicken is not considered muad. What that means is the behaviors that happen while the chicken's dancing are treated as tam, as docile. That means chatsi nezek, right? Then the Gemara says, no, but some say that's not true, that the dancing chicken, chickens don't like, they're just crazy animals. They just run around. They dance. They they move around. And therefore, they are muad. So if you say the dancing chicken is is a tam, then it's chatsi nezek. If it's a muad, then it's nezek shalim. Says the Gemara, is there really a havamina that a dancing chicken is not going to be considered muad? What there, there's like a dancing mode and a non-dancing mode to chickens. They don't know what they're doing. So they run around and they break things or they don't. <laughs> but it's for sure natural to them. It's not like they have different modes. Alalav, you're right. We're not talking about hidus by itself. We're not talking about a chicken dancing because whatever that chicken does will most definitely be considered muad and the damages would be nezek shalim on the owner. Rather, what are we talking about? Alalav, hidus, the chicken's dancing, vihitis. And in the dancing, there's hatoza. 
there's Tsuroros, there's a kickoff of what he does. So this chicken's, let's pick an ostrich just for because of his weight. The ostrich is running and he he kicks on something and it doesn't break and it shoots off. It's Hitis, it's Hidis, it's Hidus Vihitis. Here, perhaps, maybe Rava can use this as a template to answer our question um, about an, a larger animal doing this. Maybe we would say, We follow the initial move that the animal made. No, we follow where and when the Kli actually breaks. So perhaps we can use this as a template for Rava to answer his question. The Gemara says, Lo, you cannot do that. Turning to the top of Yudches Amid Aleph, the Gemara says, why not? Because Behitis Tzroros, the Gemara says, we are only talking about Hitis Tzroros. It's not a regular case of Muad. And it's simply, all we're talking about is Tzroros. And Stam, we have a machlokas between Tzumchus who says that Tzroros is going to be Nezek Shalem and the Tanakama who says that Tzroros is going to be Chatsi Nezek. So that didn't work for Rava. Let's try answer number two for Rava. Tashma. Yod Ches Aleph, second line. Tarnagol and Chayim Lechatetin Bechevel. We saw this case earlier in regards to Rava. This was the presenting case of Rava and Rava. And now the Gemara requotes this and we're going to analyze it more carefully. You have a chicken who's pecking away at a rope. Uh, it's Bechevel Dli, which is holding up a pitcher. And the rope breaks after the beak after the chicken uh, pokes at the rope one one time too many. And then Benishbar Hadli, the pitcher falls and breaks. The halacha is Mishal Nezek Shalim. So says the Gemara, Shmamina, what could Rava infer from here that Basar may ikara azlina? If you're saying Nezek Shalim, that means you're blaming the chicken. If you're blaming the chicken, that means he's Muad, and that means it's Nezek Shalim, which means it's Basar may ikara. We're following those initial actions. So says the Gemara, no, 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 not true. Tirgama achevel, that when we say that there was damage, perhaps what we're talking about in regards to the chicken is only in regards to the chevel that he's high of Nezek Shalim, because that's what the, what the beak poked. He never touched the pitcher. The pitcher was at the bottom of the well. He was poking at the rope, and then with the weight of it, it fell 10 feet, but he he never does. So the Gemara says, maybe, maybe the Nezek Shalim is only on the rope and not on the pitcher. Says the Gemara, that can't be because it's not normal. It would be a weird way for a chicken to behave, to take its beak for a bird to behave, to poke, unless it's a woodpecker. I don't know that they had those in the times of the Gemara, but that's we know that from our cult. My, my in-law's house had one that you made huge holes in the side of their wood house, massive holes. That's normal for them. The average bird doesn't do that. And this bird was poking a rope. So says the Gemara, you can't tell me that something is Nezek Shalem unless it's Urche, unless it's normal. But if it's Mishuna, if it's a not normal behavior, by definition, it's Chatsi Nezek. So says the Gemara, how can you say that the bird pecking at the rope is normal? That's not a normal behavior. It should have been Nezek Shalem. So says the Gemara, it should have been Chatsi Nezek. Says the Gemara, no. It was normal in this case for the bird to peck at the rope. Why? Demos Belisha. It's covered in dough. So it's normal for birds to peck at dough. This, this uh, rope had dough all over it. Bird's like, fantastic. It's breakfast. He doesn't know that it's a rope. He's a bird. Literally a bird brain. Like literally. He doesn't know anything. 
he sees dough. He's like, fantastic. Breakfast. Givaldic. He starts eating. And he's like, this doesn't taste the same. It tastes kind of grainy. And sure enough, the rope breaks. So therefore, it's still going to be Nezik Shalim on the rope because the rope was covered in dough, which makes it normal for the bird to do that. Says the Gemara, no, something's wrong with your interpretation. What did we say broke in the Brisa? We weren't talking about the rope. Says the Gemara, Don't tell me that the bird is Chayev Nezek Shalem, that the owner of the bird is Chayev Nezek Shalem on the rope. Lemaisa, what, what was the, the subject of the Mishnah? Was the Dali, was the pitcher? So says the Gemara, you're 100% right. And therefore, we cannot use this Brisa at all to learn anything for the sake of Rava. Elo, you're right. It's Sumchoshi to Amar Tzroros Nezek Shalem Mishalem. Says the Gemara, must therefore be that this Brisa on line two of this page, that the Tarnagolan that are that are poking their beaks at the rope and their chayev on the breaking of the Duliyaz, a Nezek Shalem, really it's Tzroros, but it's Tzroros within the camp of Sumchos, who holds that Tzroros are Nezek Shalem. Says the Gemara, that's not so Pasha. Because Isumchus, if you want to say that we really hold that this brisa is like Sumchus, then the continuation of the brisa will create a challenge for us if we're trying to say it's Sumchus. Why? Six, seven lines down, a Masefa, what does it say later in this brisa? Nitaz mimenu shever. Let's say that a shard falls from the kli, the nafal al kli acher v'shavro. So let's get the flow of events. Bird pecks at the, uh, at the rope. Everything falls. Pitcher falls. Shard from pitcher number one spikes up in the air and lands on something else and breaks it. Okay, says the Gemara. Said, that what? What the chicken itself gets injured? But that's my chicken. We're dealing with my chiyuvim. I'd say my chiyuvim as it was my chicken, and now you you, you got some moving hanging structure there. My chicken is something that was normal. Now my chicken is bad. I'm coming after you. Take the case a step further. But it, so but think, but it's not it's but hold on. It's your, row, it's your uh, chicken in your row. The thing then goes and breaks something else. That's no, no, that but the second it seems because we haven't seen the Bryce pasted together, so I'm assuming nothing's missing. But it seems over here that I I'm the mazik, I'm the owner of the bird, and my bird eats um it eats your rope, the Nizak's rope, and when the pitcher falls, it is it breaks. It's it's Birshus Hanizak. So the pitcher falls and breaks. So first part of the Brisa was what is my chiyuv as the owner of that bird, which chewed up your rope, Birshus Hanizak, and the pitcher broke. The Gemara says Chayv Nezek Shalem, and it's Sumchus. It's really Tsroros. It's really not regular muad. It's just Tsroros. We assume it's Tsroros. Then the Gemara says it can't be Sumchus because of the Seifa. What's the Seifa? I'm the owner of the bird. My bird is in your Rishus, the Rishus of the Nizak. It uh, breaks the rope. The pitcher falls. A shard falls and breaks something else. Now, clean number two is what we're talking about now. And on this, the Brisa says, Al Harishon, like we saw in the ratio of the Brisa, Mashal and Nezik Shalim, because it's Tzroros according to Sumchus. On the first picture, did I say? It? I hope I said that on the first picture. The al ha'acharon and the shard from the first picture that broke the second picture. Picture, mishalim Now here's the problem: if you want to say that this brisa is sumchus, you can't because ve'i sumchus mi'is lechatzinezek. Sumchus doesn't hold of chatzinezek by tzroros. It doesn't matter how many pitchers are involved. 
you can have a domino effect of pitcher after pitcher in the realms of Tzrodos, and Simchus will never say Chatzinezek. Vechitema, and if you want to say that perhaps Shiny Leila Sumchus, Bain Kocho, we're going to take out the word Nezek, Bain Kocho, Lekoach Kocho. Ah, so it says the Gemara, perhaps really the Mishnah is like, like, like Sumchus. The Resha of the Mishnah is Kocho, and the Seifa of the Mishnah is Koach Kocho, so it's a derivative. Kocho means that the animal was the one that directly broke pitcher number one. Koach Kocho is when the shard from pitcher number one breaks pitcher number two. If you want to try and make that distinction for Sumchus, you can't. Why? Because says the Gemara a quarter of the way down, Do we say, according to Sumchus, this exact question was posed by Ravashi. Do we say it's And we didn't give this answer. Says the Gemara, maybe we should infer from here that it's but that's not what Ravashi answered. Therefore, this whole Mishnah cannot be like Sumchus. It's impossible. Sumchus will never hold that there's any chatzin nezek by tzoros. Because that's true, the brice at the top of this page that we're trying to use for Rava is now potentially available again for Rava. When it was in the realms of Sumchus and chatzin nezek tzoros, uh, we couldn't use it for Rava. Now it's not Sumchas anymore. So how do we view this? So the Gemara says a third of the way down on Yud Chesim and Aleph, Elolav, our Mishnah, our Bryce, excuse me, on line two, where the chicken pokes at the rope and it falls and breaks a pitcher, that is really Rabbananhi. Ushmamina, Basar Me'ikara Azlinan. We follow the Me'ikara, we follow the first action and it's really Gufo and Rava does in fact have an answer. So remember, if we go back to where we started, that Rava had a difficult time trying to understand uh, as to uh, as to what the status would be in a case of uh, this animal that kicks up a clee. Do we say that the animal really, had he broken it on the spot, it would have, uh, Pasha bin Muad, that's normal, it would have been Nezik Shalim. When he kicks it off, is it considered Gufe or is it considered Tsroros? Now we have an answer that it's considered Gufe. And the Gemara quickly rejects it out of hand and says, no, Amar Abibi Barabaye, the animal keeps kicking it and at some point it breaks. But it's not that he kicked it once and then it broke. That question we don't know the answer to. But the, because the case we're dealing with in the Brisa is where the animal keeps walking, his front foot keeps kicking the thing further. Sometimes when you're walking with the kids to shoal, they find a rock or a stick that they choose to kick forever. They'll kick it for six blocks. Nothing. It, it's annoying. So then, so then the Gemara says over here, that's the case we're dealing with over here. We're not dealing with a regular case. Therefore, <laughs> me? Save the glory, Dad. Save, save the glory. This camera has recorded worse about me. I can assure you I have done such misbehaviors. Okay, so that's what the Gemara really doesn't give us an answer. That brings us to the next sugya, which is a complicated sugya, a little bit more than a third of the way down, still Rava. Um, we're going to learn one, two, two answers to this, and then get into one more sugya for the rest of the night. We'll, we're going to be stopping on the top of Yotesa Aleph. We'll cover a good amount of ground. Today's Monday. Tomorrow night, we're together in person. Wednesday night, we're we're not together, but on time, on Zoom. Uh, that's fine. And then Thursday, we're back in person. So the Gemara now jumps into a, a connected question. The Gemara says, Boy, Rava. Rava wants to know the answer to the following. 
Chatsi Nezek Tzroros. When the owner of an animal is obligated to pay Chatsi Nezek because his animal kicked up a rock and caused damage, Migufo Meshalim or Me'aliyah Meshalim? Does he pay from the basics? He takes that which was damaged and gives it back to the person and says, here are the shards. Whatever it's worth, it's worth. Oh, Me'aliyah Meshalim. Or... Does the owner of this animal uh, who accidentally broke something have to pay me'aliyah from the best of properties? I just want to highlight that it's a shtickle stira to say that you're paying chatzinezek me'aliyah. Those two things usually don't go together. Normally we say nezek shalem is minha aliyah because you did something really wrong. And chatzinezek is, we're not sure, remember our discussion is chatzinezek knas or mama. We're not sure exactly what you did. So usually the punishment is migufo. Here, take what's broken and I'll fill in the gaps for the rest. You know, So it's a, it is, they, they're opposites a little bit to say chati nezek gets paid from the best of properties. But that's really what Rav is trying to figure out. Do we say migufo meshalem, that he should pay as he would with a regular case of chati nezek, to lo ashkechan chati nezek de meshalem me'aliyah, like I just said, that chati nezek, really has no precedent in halacha to pay from the finest of my properties. Odilmar perhaps would be, say, me'aliyah m'shalem, delo ashkechan ke'urche de m'shalem igufe. Because when something is urche, so that under those circumstances, when something is urche, then we're in a scenario where, because it's urche, by definition, it should be migufe. In other words, the Gemara is highlighting a quirk about tsuroros. Tsuroros is where it's the activity that the cow did was normal. Normally, when a cow does a normal damaging activity, you're chayev nezek shalem. But here it was slightly indirect because it was a tsuroros. So which feature do we focus on when it comes to payment? Do we focus on the fact that it was urche, in which case we should pay minho aliyah? Or do we say it's indirect, it's tsuroros, in which case we should be paying migufo? And we're not exactly sure how to, how to answer this question. So two attempts. The first one is easier than the second. The first one is a Bryce we're seeing now again today. Toshma. We're exactly halfway down in Yurches Maral. Hidus Eino Muad. We saw Machlokes in the Tanoim that the dancing of a bird is not considered to be Muad. V'yesh Omrim Harezem Muad. And the conflicting opinion says it is Muad. The Gemara questions one of these shitas. Hidus Sal Kedaitach. How can you say that the dancing of a chicken is not Muad? Questioning the first shita in the Brisa. Elalav. It must be that Hidus Vihitis that the animal was dancing and it kicked up a rock. And perhaps this is really the machlokas in this brisa about whether or not a bird is muad when it dances. According to the Tanakama who says that when an animal is dancing around, it's not muad. So, what he means when he says that it's not muad is that we the payment is as though he's not a muad, that he's a tam, and the punishment for a tam is chatzinezek, and it would be migufo. Umanda Amar Muad, and the author of the of the second sheet of the Brisa that says that Hidus is Muad, he holds Kasavar Me Aliyah Mishalim. So perhaps, says the Gemara, that we have some precedence here to answer the question of Rav. The Gemara rejects this. Lo, that's not correct. Really, this Brisa about Hidus, if it's Muad or not, is Biplukta de Sumchos Verabonon Kemifluge as to whether or not we say 
that Tzororos is Nezek Shalem, which is Sumchus, or if Tzororos is Chati Nezek, as is the sheet of the Rabbanon, and therefore this is not helpful to answer Rava's question about whether or not Chati Nezek Tzororos is paid Migufo or Me'aliyah. Two-thirds of the way down, we get into a sophisticated, lengthy answer, uh, an attempt of an answer, to try and answer Rava's question. <clears throat> Toshma, here is a brysa. Um, to be fair, we're not going to see the whole brysa written properly right now. Uh, if we were learning in basically any other setting, we would compare and contrast this Gemara to the actual source of this brysa, which is Andaf Chafalif. We don't have time now. Um, we're going to learn it and take it at face value, but it is a complex brysa the way it's presented here. Toshma, the brysa writes, HaKelev, Let's say that a kelev, he sees that there's something sitting on the grill. There's a part of it that's off the grill that he can bite in his teeth. So he picks up the whole thing. He goes over to a pile of hay. He eats the food. But what he didn't know, the dog, was that there was a little bit of a coal attached to the back of the pan. And he caused for a fire. He got breakfast and he also burned down the neighbor's yard. So says the Gemara, Al for that which he ate, which was urche, which was normal, mishalim nezek shalim pashut. He's a mazik. That's what dogs do. They eat everything. They eat everything. So therefore, if he eats the food that's in the pan in the rishus hanizak, you're going to be chayav nezek shalim. Of course, I, if I'm the owner of that dog, that's my keep him on a leash. That's my responsibility. However, says the brisa, v'al hagadish on the um, on the stock that I burned that that my dog burned. Meshalim chati nezek. Says the Gemara, that's like tsuroros. Why is that tsuroros? Because I lit the thing on fire. Well, it's true that the dog lit the thing on fire, but it, he lit one thing on fire and it led to another, which led to another, and then the whole thing was in flame. As far as the dog is concerned, the normal part was the eating part. The fact that it lit something on fire is considered its begedr tsuroros. Says the Gemara explicitly, my taima. Why do we say that when it comes to the burning down of the gadish, that we treat the dog as though his damages are chatzinezik? The Gemara says it explicitly. This is a case of tsuroros. The tani Allah. And on that brisa, we have an, a beautiful mare makom. There's a typo here. It should not say mishalem chatzinezik migufo. It should just say mishalem migufo. And now, we potentially have an answer for Rava. We wanted to know, is Tsuroros paid me Gufo or me Aliyah? Here we go. Tsuroros has paid me Gufo. Because when it came to the dog who brought a Harara that had a coal attached to it, the second crime, the, the food is Nezek Shalim. But the crime of burning down the Gadish, the owner of the dog has to pay Chati Nezek. The Gemara says it's because of Tsuroros. And the Brysa on that Gemara says it's me Gufo. Beautiful. We have a real answer. Says the Gemara, you can't say that. The Tizbara, is that even logical? And right here, I have to interject that the Brisa that we saw was missing half. What was missing was the Sheet of Rebelazar that we're about to see right now. The Tizbara, how can you say that? The Rebelazar, according to Rebelazar, who was missing from the Brisa about Kelev Shanot al Kharara, Nezek Shalem Mi Ashkechan. How can you say, according to Rebelazar, who actually holds that there is Nezek Shalem in this case, how can you say that according to Rebbe who's in this brisa, that he would ever say Gufe, that would ever be paid me Gufe? 
He is a Nezek Shalain guy. He should always be paid Minho Aliyah. So how does the Brisa that says, Mishani Migufo, Shtim with Shita Sir in the Brisa from Daf Chafalaf Amid Beis? Says the Gemara, Ella, it must be Kigon, the Shani Beha Gacheles. It must be that his behavior with the Gacheles is abnormal. The Rebbe Lazar Tarfon, and Rebbe Lazar holds like Rebbe Tarfon in regards to another Machlokes that we saw earlier in the Masechta, which is, that he has to pay Nezek Shalem even in a case of Mishuna Karen Bechatzer Hanizak. This is a case of a docile animal that does something wrong. Rabbi Tarfon holds stark that this person is Chayav Nezek Shalem, and it has to be Minho Aliyah. Says the Gemara Velohi, that's not true. Your understanding of Rabbi Lazar is not correct. My time of Mukmas law, Kirib Tarfon, why is it that we just tried and attempted to explain Rabbi Lazar within the camp of Rabbi Tarfon? That when a docile animal causes damage, that he's chayav nezek shalem, that's mishum nezek shalem, it's because of nezek shalem. If that's true, then it seems like Rabbi Elazar sabar kisumchus. That is sumchus. Sumchus holds that tzroros is nezek shalem, to amar tzroros nezek shalem is shalem, the savarlak Rabbi Huda, to amar tzad tamus, the mekoma omedes. This is not for now. This is a lengthier discussion for later in the Mitzchakta. We're going to translate this idea simply right now. There is a tzad tamus. There is a half of the crime that you did that is tam, that really is innocent. And therefore, that piece is b'makoma omedes. And therefore, b'chiktan migufo atzad tamus. And even when the b'risa says, the b'risa that correlates to the discussion about the kelev shanot al charara, that Bryce is only talking about the Tzad Tamus, but it's still possible that this Bryce is not an answer to Rava because we're still talking about Sumchus and we're not talking about a regular case of Chatzinezek Tzuroros. So therefore, we don't know how Rava would, would answer this question of whether or not Chatzinezek Tzuroros is paid Bigufo or Minho Aliyah. Says the Gemara, Omar Le Rav Sama Bereder of Ashi Ravina. Wait one second. When is it that we have this idea from Rabbi Yehuda that half of your payment has tamus, has the docile element to it, and that's why it's migufo? Where do we say that? That's with an animal that starts out docile and changes into being dangerous. That's tam v'nasemuat. But But if we're talking about an animal that's muad out of the gate, Top of Yudchesimid Beis, Misha Maslek. There is no such case of applying the rule of Tzad Tamus that half of the animal's payment is because of the docile nature of that animal. There's no such thing as applying that rule with an animal that's always been Muad. Ella, let's try and understand Rebbe Lazar yet again. Kika'ama Rebbe Lazar, Nezek Shalem. When does Rebbe Lazar say that there's Nezek Shalem? Kigon de'iyayit. That is when something when uh, a person was miyayed in the case of tsuroros, an animal creates a habit of damaging through tsuroros. That's pretty impressive. That animal knows exactly how to step on something in order for it to either break or to kick off and break something else. Perhaps, says the Gemara, a wild possibility in the machlokas of tsuroros. Let's remember what tsuroros are. An animal steps on a rock, it kicks up and breaks something. Here's the machlokas tanaim. 
Perhaps really the Machlokas is like this. It's possible from the word muad. It's possible that an animal can become muad for tsuroros. He knows what he's doing. He is an evil cow for intentionally stepping on a rock at just the right angle to go off and break your window. Exactly, he's muad. That's the shita of the Tanakama. And Umar Savar, no, what are you talking about? He doesn't know what he's doing. No, even if he does it a hundred times, you can't have muad by tsuroros. It's not done intentionally. He doesn't know what he's doing. You want to tell me he's a violent animal? He keeps sticking his horns into other cows? I understand. But this indirect tsuroros move is too sophisticated to, to create muad. So that's what the Gemara says. And therefore... Um, this actually would work as a possible answer uh, for Rava, because what it could be is that if Tsuroros becomes Muad, then it can be Migufe, uh, then it can be uh, Mehaliyah, because now we're talking about Nezek Shalim. So says the Gemara, maybe not. If you want to say that that's really what Rava's question was, that we're just trying to determine whether or not Tsuroros could possibly enter into the realms of Muad, could you create an intentional habit? Could a cow intentionally do this activity to the point that he becomes Muad? Ile Rabbanon, according to the Rabbanon, they hold categorically, Ein ha'adalat Tsuroros, Bile Rabbanon, yesh ha'adalat Tsuroros. So it, that can't be because it's just going to be party lines. It's not going to work out in a normal way. It's not like everyone's going to agree to Tsuroros. So how the Mishnah doesn't make that distinction when we talk about Tsuroros. So this can't be the answer. So Amar Lach Rava, Rava will say as follows. We're on Yud Chesim at Bez, about six, seven lines down. He'll say, I'm only talking about the Rabbanon who hold of Chati Nezek. Because the Pligi the Sumchus, what does Sumchus hold? Sumchus holds that Chati Nezek Tsuroros is... Uh, he holds that Tsuroros is Nezek Shalem. So this whole Shaila cannot be according to Sumchus because Rava wanted to know, is Chatzin Nezek Tsuroros going to be treated, uh, paid Migufo or Mihualiyah? For Sumchus, this question doesn't even exist, Pasha, because Sumchus holds that, Chatzin, that there's no Chatzin Nezek by Tsuroros. Tsuroros is also Nezek Shalem. Rava's question was only about Chatzin Nezek Tsuroros. So the Gemara says, it was only according to Sumchus, in our case, so if that's true, why then does our Mishnah that we're grappling with, this Mishnah which speaks about why does it say our case should have been according to both the Rabbanon and Sumchus? Says the Gemara, because the Shani below Yait, it was an abnormal activity. And there is no such thing as becoming muad with an abnormal activity. And really all we're discussing when we discuss Chati Nezek and Nezek Shalim is simply a question of Rabbi Tarfon and the Rabbanon, and Rava no longer has an answer to his question. Says the Gemara, I could understand that according to Rabbi Tarfon that there is Nezek Shalim. That makes sense. At times, Rabbi Tarfon is going to hold that. He holds in general by damage that's done. Birshus Hanizak, it's Nezek Shalim. But Migufo Mishamasle, that that dichotomous possibility of holding on the one hand that it is Nezek Shalim, 
which typically is paid min ha'aliyah. And then to say that the payment is not min ha'aliyah, but migufo, that's talking out of both sides of your mouth. Says the Gemara, a third of the way down, in, it is possible. Mehecha ma'isila, where could this be? Mikeren birshus harabim. We can create a link between the damage that's done by a keren, uh, by, uh, by a case of keren birshus hanizak, and a case of keren birshus harabim. And the Gemara says that we're allowed to make this equation because of the following principle. We can make a logical extension to make the two things work together very well. And therefore, it is possible for Rebbe Tarfon, who holds that when damage is done, that it's Nezek Shalem, we could even extend that out to the world of Karen Birshus Harab. Says the Gemara, we have a technical problem with that. And the problem is, he doesn't hold of this principle of so says the Gemara, that's not true. The only time Reb Tarfon rejects the idea of Dayo to make this extension, so Reb Tarfon can have both Nezek Shalem and the oddity of the owner paying Benezek, uh, paying Minha Aliyah, that's only true because of the principle of Dayo. But Dayo only doesn't apply when it's Mafrech Kalvachomer. However, when it's not rejecting a Kalvachomer, is Le Dayo. That would then work. Does anybody have to dive in at the 9.30 mark? Yes. Oh, that's a problem. All right, so I'm just going to do a little bit more. We'll do one or two answers, and then we'll stop. The Gemara says, Gufa, boy, Rava, This is a sugya that we saw, we started already. Is there such a thing as an animal becoming muad for tsroros? Do we say le keren midaminan le? Do we say that it's like keren and keren can turn into a muad and therefore after three times you're done? Odilma told the deregel who in which case it cannot become tsroros. Answer number one for the third time today. Toshma hidus eno muad vieshomrim hareze muad says the Gemara that perhaps we're in a case scenario like the chicken. According to some, a chicken that dances is not muad. Others say the chicken is muad. Ask the Gemara again, same questions. How can you say that the dancing of the chicken is going to be uh, is going to be uh, not muad? It's the way the animal acts. Ella says the Gemara, you're right, it's hidus fahitis, um, and it, it can in fact become, uh, it, it can in fact become muad. Says the Gemara, my love could go into Avat Tlasazimni. Isn't it possible that it's the case that this animal, this chicken, dances three times and creates suros? Perhaps this is the what what Rav, what Rav is talking about in his question. We have a fine example. Says the Gemara, Lo, it's not possible to say that. Really, what we're talking about is Bechad Zimna, where the chicken actually kicks up only one rock one time. We're talking about something else. We're only talking about whether or not Tzoros is Chatzin Nezek or Nezek Shalim, but we're not talking about whether or not there is such a thing as Muad by Tzoros. So we don't know the answer. We don't have a way to validate Rava's question. Let's try again. Toshma, second of the wide lines, three-fourths of the way down. This is gross. Behema goes to the bathroom on Chalado, Right? And obviously ruins it. It's normal for an animal to go to the bathroom, and therefore he's chayav nezek shalim. Why does Rebbe Lazar say chati nezek? Yes, it's normal for an animal to go to the bathroom, but not on your chalado. That's not normal. 
animals are not domesticated, but they still don't go to the bathroom on people's chalad. Says the Gemara, my law, my lab, maybe it's because why, when we say that he's Nezek Shalem, that's Kigon Da'avat Tzlasa Zimni. Perhaps he did so three times. And then Rava really does have his question. That an animal can make a habit out of doing these things. And therefore, Rava's question is validated. We do have cases where it's possible that you can create Mu'ad in Tzroros. Says the Gemara Lo, even the case of that animal is Says the Gemara, why are we even in this case to start with? This isn't a regular case. An animal defecating on, on your chalado is weird. That case is not normal. Says the Gemara, you're right, but it was the dachik le'alma. The world around him didn't give him any choices. I don't know what the logistics are, but the only place he could go to the bathroom was there. Okay, that's your fault. You should set up, you should do this in the kitchen, not in the barn. Go make your challah somewhere else. Says the Gemara, Valimur of Yehuda, Halcha Kisumchus, Valimur of Elazar, Halacha Kirabanon. Perhaps we should say that Rabbi Yehuda, who was of the opinion that it's Nezek Shalim, holds like Sumchus. Rabbi Lazar says that it's Chasi Nezek, holds like the Rabbanon. Perhaps that's how we should establish the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, no, Gelalim Yitzrichale. We actually needed to not uh we needed to present this case a little differently because Salkadaita Khamina Ho Lirbasa Gufa Guririn Kigufe Damikamashwalan. The Gemara here highlights something fascinating that when an animal defecates, it's not considered like the gufo of the animal. It's not koho of the animal. It's koho de koho. It's a step removed. Now, not everyone agrees of koach de koho as we saw in the previous amud, but nevertheless, it is a real possibility. I'm just going to finish up now. If you have to go, you have to go, but it just doesn't make sense to stop here. We have eight lines left. The Gemara says, Tashma, let's try again to validate Rava's question of whether or not Tzroros can become Mu'at. Tatani Rami Bar Yecheskel, Tarnagol Shehoshit Rosh Ala'avir Kliz Chuchis. A Tarnagol, this is like out of, the, out of the cartoons, puts its head inside of a glass jar, the taka bo vishavro, and it breaks the glass jar. The din is mashalim nezek shalim. Says the Gemara Bam Rav Yosef. Uh, Rav Yosef says in the name of Amri Be Rav, in the name of Rav. He says, why is that? Sus shetzanaf. If you have a horse that, what's the word? Braze? Nays? Braze? Braze? I don't know. I think braze is the right word. Bray. Thank you. I feel validated. The chamor she noar. And a horse who makes, and a donkey makes it. Oh, I didn't see the article. <laughs> I, I didn't read the article. I just knew the words were close, and I know that they're both words. Uh, so if these animals, a horse or a donkey, do so, what does this say? Different than the Brisa. So it says the Gemara, my love, perhaps there's a machlokes, perhaps the difference between the Mari Makomo says that in one case it was done three times. That's the case of the bird whose head got stuck in the jar, and that's why it's Nezek Shalom, because the animal's a muad, and therefore we have. Muad by Tsiroros. perhaps Mar says Gemar, no, that's not the case. Really, it only happened once. And really, there's no raya to Rava's question one way or the other as to whether or not Tsiroros can ever become Muad. The Gemara says, hey, wait one second. It's not normal for a bird to stick its head in a jar. Well, that's not Urche. That should not be Nezek Shalem. That should be Chatzi Nezek out of the gates. Why did you ever say Nezek Shalim when the bird did that? The Gemara says the East Bay Basrani because there were some types of seedlings in there. Rashi says she Zrayim Bikli to Urche Lahachnis Rosho Besocho Velechel. 
it's not normal in general for a chicken to put its head in a jar. But when lunch is in there, it's normal for him to do that. And therefore, even though the pathway to the food was a little abnormal, but because there's food there, the Gemara therefore says that Rava's question seems to not really exist in the Marimakomos, or at least we don't have an answer to it. We'll stop right here. Four lines down, Yotesim and Aleph, wishing you all a beautiful night.